to The Night Pod Cometh, a show covering the legendary FXX show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I am Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth, and if Dennis really wants to get divorced, he needs to simply call me. Dennis, I'm here for you, bro. Give me a call. No, I can't defend you in a court of law, but you should call me anyways. I'm here with my co-host, Magna Mills, and we're going to crash the wedding. Ah, I like that, dude. I'm Magna Mills, and seriously, you got us, man. So you don't need Vince Vaughn or Luke Wilson. You don't need the Hatfields and the McCoys because you've got the Ponderosas and the McPoyles and us. We are the Night Pod Drama. Thank you for checking us out. You can find us on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. We are on social media at Night Pod Drama. Do not forget to have some independent party. Test the milk. Test the milk punch before you drink it. You want to make sure it has not been spiked. And do not forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show, find our channel. We really appreciate it. If you have fun, and you should have fun at this one, it's a good one. Please give us that thumb. And just a heads up, the Night Pod Cometh is an absolute full-on spoiler affair. All episodes of Sonny, any podcasts, interviews, literally every single thing related to Sonny is fair game and open for discussion here. And this is the only time you're going to be warned, so heed thy warning. Let's do this thing! This is the Maureen Ponderosa Wedding Massacre, Season 8, Episode 3, the 88th overall episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Originally aired October 25th, 2012. The estimated live audience in the United States was approximately 1.12 million viewers. Episode was directed by Richie Keene, who has directed 15 episodes of Sunny, the most recent being The Gang Gets Cursed from Season 16, and this was actually the first episode of Sunny that he directed. Episode was written by the big three, Charlie Day, Glenn Howerton, and Rob McElhenney. Notable guest stars include Jimmy Simpson as Liam McPoyle, Nate Mooney as Ryan McPoyle, Catherine Reitman as Maureen Ponderosa, Lance Barber as Bill Ponderosa, Fessy Surface as Margaret McPoyle, Jeremy Ratchford as Detective, and finally, Guillermo del Toro as Pappy McPoyle. The short plot synopsis is, the gang are prime suspects for the McPoyle-Ponderosa wedding massacre. Before we get into the episode here, Mills, Go ahead and just walk us through any notable callbacks, references, trivia, just general whatnot here before before we start breaking her down. Roger Dodger, I got a couple things here. Uh, this is the second Halloween episode the show is done. The first one was Who Got Deep Pregnant? Guillermo del Toro wound up on the show because he worked on the film Pacific Rim, which he directed with Charlie Day. And Charlie Day was like, hey, why don't you show up on the show? The original title was Marine Ponderosa's Wedding Massacre but it was later changed, may or may not have something to do with the Ponderosa Snakehouse. Who knows? And this was actually the first episode not to feature the usual opening song, Temptation Sensation. And bath salts were a real thing. Uh, there was kind of an event in Miami back in the day, May 26, 2012, and the homeless dude, people thought he was on bath salts or whatever, you know, assaulted another dude and kind of like chewed his face off and then got shot and killed. But remember, it was a big thing. It went viral, so... This is based off of something. In this episode marks the first time that Max is referred to by his full name, Ronald McDonald, since it was revealed in the season seven two-part finale episode, The High School Reunion Part One. And uh, shout out Jeremy Ratchford. He's a detective here, also played a detective in the show Cold Case, which was also set in Philadelphia. So if he does it one more time, I think he's officially allowed to be an actual detective in Philadelphia. Before we get into the wedding massacre, let's give our overall thoughts on the episode. Mills, this sure as hell isn't a typical episode of Sunny, but did it work for you, man? Did it did it did it deliver? 
I think it absolutely did. I always have fun when they kind of play in other genres. In here, they get to just do a lot of fun stuff, even with the, the different music. A lot of Sunny, you'd be amazed what the music does for you here. And I think the, the score is excellent throughout. The performances are fun. They really do kind of go all out with the zombie stuff, all the background actors, everything like that. You know, the McFoyles are great. You get Pondy. I really think this is the show firing on all cylinders. I've enjoyed it every time I've ever seen it. It only gets better on rewatch, I think. How about yourself, man? Overthoughts on the massacre. You know, I'm so glad that we decided to do this and time it up with, with Halloween, Tis the Season, all that, Friday the 13th, all of it. I literally forgot how great of an episode this was. I can't believe this one. I won't say it gets slept on. But it, it, it remains under the under the radar when you start talking about some of the absolute bangers. And there's a ton of them with this show overall. But I forgot how great this was. This is definitely a high point of season eight for me. And it, it was way better than I even remembered. I, I love this episode. I love kind of the structure that they use. Um, we've seen and done it before where you kind of like start at the end and then they tell the story and you get the twists and the turns uh, throughout the episode. But this was very, very well done. Uh, enjoyed it. Mucho, mucho, mucho. Awesome episode. Again, I think this is probably the, the real true Halloween episode for the show. So, you know, if anyone's ever asking like, oh, you know, what's what's uh, you know, what show had the best Halloween episode? You know, I throw this in the mix. I don't think it's the best Halloween episode any show has ever done ever, but I think it's a very good one. I hope that you've got your bath salts and divorce papers ready because it is time to go to a wedding massacre. Isn't every wedding a massacre or just the ones I go to? On Friday the 13th, we're somewhere outside of Philadelphia and Mac, Dennis, Frank, and Charlie are running for their lives when the police arrive. After the opening credits, we find the guys in a police interrogation room. They were at a wedding where something went horribly wrong and they are all suspects. We learned that the missing bride is Dennis's ex-wife, Maureen Ponderosa. In a flashback, Dennis, Mac, and Charlie are going to crash the wedding so that Dennis can get Maureen to sign divorce papers, relieving him of his alimony obligations. They arrive and find out that Maureen is marrying none other than Liam McPoyle. Liam doesn't seem too happy, and we learn that his brother Ryan does not approve of the marriage. Dennis tries to calm everybody down because he needs this wedding to happen. Back in the interrogation room, the detective asks why the wedding wouldn't happen, and Dennis implies that Frank might have wanted to ruin it. Uh, you mentioned it, man. Do you like the framing device here? You know, we've seen the interrogation thing. It's not quite full on Rashomon, but you get the different perspectives. And, you know, every time through, you add a little bit more to it. You know, almost maybe a little bit of a usual suspects thing going on here. Does that work for you? It kept me interested in the the story, what they thought happened, what really happened. It sets the tone. Sonny's been outstanding at kind of these cold opens. I thought this one works for me just because I like they they leaned into this kind of spooky Friday the 13th element. And I thought this was a great way to do it. So for me, I'm okay with this, man. I, I, I think it worked out really well. Yeah, I'm there for it, too. They usually get, uh, you know, occasionally whenever you get the cops, they always get good kind of guest stars to play like the very stereotypical cops. And, and I think they are great here. How about the Halloween of it overall? Do you think they lean into it enough? Do they do it too much? Is it, is it just about right? You know, any thoughts on kind of just the overall Halloween aspect of it? Honestly, I think they probably could have leaned into it a little bit more. It was, you know, it was the bats and the zombies and a, but I think they could have did a little bit more. I mean, I, I one of the smaller things that they did here that I really enjoyed was the end credits being all in red. 
I, I just that's like a little thing, but I thought it was really cool just the way that they they changed the font and did the and did the red. Um, I think it was a, a healthy amount of Halloween to where it didn't become. They're never the type to like over the top something. It's but they did enough to 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 kind of get you there. I think it probably could have used maybe even just a smidge more, but I think they chose to use humor uh and just how absolutely weird the mcpoils are that was scary enough kind of right so i think they i think they kind of did some things with the sound and the dun and the and the way the camera hit and stuff like that to to kind of add a little creepiness to it it, w- it was a healthy balance while still maintaining a, the comedic element that we need yeah i i agree you know maybe a little bit more would have been cool but i think they did a good job really embracing it just nice little touches here. You see Charlie being nervous to leave Philly, even though it is on the bus. Um, early on, you see the scratches around Dennis's neck. We'll eventually find out what they are. And just like the uh, the cops call them bozos, that's a Mac word, right? Where he calls people bozo or he thinks it's cool. So I thought that was just a nice little touch. And then obviously, like, uh, you know, Mac sets up the bats and, and we'll see that happen in a minute here. And then the intro to Liam where he just kind of, hey, what's up, guys? And turns around, he's wearing the, the crazy get up and everything like that. So all that definitely worked for me. And any other thoughts kind of on the, the setup of it all here? Well done. I, I appreciate those little, I won't call them Easter eggs, but just some of those little things you just referenced there that that are uh, for the real ones out there. Yeah, we love the details. I mean, we just finished season 16. This is season eight. It's literally half a show ago. It's pretty wild. After that, we flash back again to see Dee and Frank arrive at the wedding. Frank claims that he's only there to support Pondy because he's a CAA sponsor. Dee says that she's only there to support Frank, but Dennis isn't buying it. He thinks that Frank and Dee enjoy the power they have over him due to the financial burden of his alimony payments. Suddenly, a bat bites Frank's head. He pays Dee $200 to suck out the poison, and she swallows it. While telling the story, Frank admits that he and Dee were in fact there to break up the wedding for all the reasons Dennis had stated. But it wasn't just for them. Ryan McPoyle came by Patty secretly a week earlier and teamed up with Frank and Dee to ruin the wedding. They smuggled Ryan in so that he can talk to Liam. Pondy rolls up asking for Frank's help as a sponsor because weddings are a big trigger for him. Frank supports the decision to pound a beer, but it's a dry wedding. There's only milk. He decides to do some drugs instead, and Frank tells him to go for it. He's earned it. Frank Reynolds, great guy, terrible sponsor, right? Yeah. Or, I mean, he supported he really every decision is. he wanted to make, right? This was a, a something that Sonny does so well, and they take such a serious topic like addiction, and they put their own spin on it to make it funny. And it, the, the satire of it all just is great. But, yeah, I, I love Frank here in this role. He's, you know, and then when, when you got D telling you, man, you're an awful sponsor, you know you're pretty bad. Yeah, it really is. And there's always a fun little stuff here. There is, I mean, it's sunny, and they will do base jokes, but the whole thing with sucking the poison on Frank's head, they definitely do, like, a suck-swallow thing. Like, they, they definitely do a suck-swallow joke. And then Dee's final line, when she's trying to puke the poison back up, she's like, it won't come, Frank. Uh, I mean, they, they're definitely kind of, you know, getting it in there didn't you know a little bit of you get the good rim shot when it's there and dude who do you think rocked the outfit better you had liam and the crazy tux get up he had on or ryan with his fake mustache and his disguise 
I love that tux, dude. I, I absolutely do. But when when Ryan puts the mustache on, I just I laugh every time, dude. That's just so funny to me. When he, and he buys it that it's that it's totally right. Good. Later on, it pays off with Liam. Like, and who's that? And then he rips off the. It's so good. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's set up really well there. I, it's just perfect, man. But dude, shout out to that suit. I would absolutely wear that. Yeah, that's I mean straight out of the seventies ish. I would say, uh, you know, wedding tuxedo. I can see it back then a little bit. And just shout out Frank when they they get there. Did D for buying a a violet? Is that violet? I guess you would call it the exact color. But PT Cruiser. That is a very 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 specific car. And when they after they get there, Frank's like that was a swervy road. I've never called a road swervy before, but I might now. Yeah, that that works. The bit with the suck it out of my head, that like, and you even get Frank really leaning into this where he's like going up and down and she's suck like, quick. what are you, this is uh, the kind of scene that I was talking suck about. Go home, please. Suck it harder. I got it. Did you swallow it? Of course I Make swallowed it. This is really good. One thing I love about it is when she's done and she's in classic D here with the physical comedy, but while she's like trying to gag herself, you see just the lipstick smear on Frank's head. Just, oh man, just that, that was, that bit right there was just really funny to me. I know it's just like a raunchy, stupid thing, but it was really funny. I, I don't know, it just worked. Yeah, and one of the nice little horror bits they did was when Ryan shows up at Patty's and they do the thunderclaps and the, the dark lighting. We never really see Patty's lit that way. And then they have the little meeting in the, in the back office. I thought all that was shot really well and added to the kind of the Halloween atmosphere of it all. And then, you know, that's how you get to slip in like little inbred jokes and you don't mind and, you know, spit swallow jokes because they're doing everything again. I think this is just, you know, definitely top notch writing for the show, you know, really firing on all cylinders and just a little bit when Pondy's leaving D he's like, Hey, did you miss me? Don't answer that. Pondy. Pondy's dressed smooth here. This is before he went off the rails completely. You know, this is still when they were, yes. the train was still on the tracks a little bit, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, he was he was clean shaved. I mean, he was definitely, you know, definitely looking all right here, man. So, and again, good setup here with the eventual spiking the the, the milk with the bath salts thing because, you know, the, the dry wetting, they're serving milk in there. It's just a, a good a good setup here, I thought, from a writing standpoint, too. Good setup from a writing standpoint, bad from a wedding planning standpoint. I cannot think of many yes. things less appetizing than a big giant bowl of lukewarm communal milk. Yeah, that's yeah, even if even if it was a cereal wedding, a cereal-based wedding, I don't know that I would be there for that. I'd still want cold milk. Yeah, I'd have to have cold milk. But if you just did a bunch of Josh's Jacks in there, I would uh in Flutie Flakes and stuff, you know, I could probably get there, but yeah, you know how much Flutie Flakes are worth way more in the box, son. You can't eat those. What are you, crazy? They're like the Ninja <laughs> no. Turtles pies. Can't do it. Dude. I know. You got to invest. I know. It's a good investment. Long-term. Long-term growth. After that, Mac, Dennis, and Charlie go into the wedding where a bunch of very similar-looking people are enjoying milk from a punch bowl. Dennis splits off from the group to find Marine. When he does, he tries to get her to sign the documents before discovering that she's enhanced herself physically. Her new enhancements distract him, and Marine's bridesmaids come in and haul his ass out of there before Marine can sign the papers. I don't want to put too high of a bar on this. Is this a top 20, top 25 dentist scene of all time? Oh my God. Uh, top 25? It could be. It's, it is way up there. 
his reaction to both when he notices her breast implants, but then, but then as he, as he just, she's talking about fixing her dead tooth and he just goes directly to, I'm talking about your tit. I mean, it's just, dude, it is unbelievable. Dennis here. It's Dennis firing at all cylinders. In my opinion, I love this scene. I laughed so hard at this dude. It's just, it's just classic Dennis, you know, he goes in trying to, trying to weasel out the signature or whatever. And he, Ends up getting a surprise, shall we say. Yeah, and shout out to Richie Keen. Great direction, because we get the reveal at the same time as Dennis. They shoot it in such a way that we don't see what's going on either until she turns around and he sees it as soon as we do. And that is great directing. And the groan, like Howard did it, it says just, I think, groan in the closed captioning. But it's just this weird little sound he makes. <sighs> and it adds so much to it. And, and shout out Catherine Brightman, the way she plays it, so kind of, oh, whatever. She even literally says OMG instead of just saying, oh, my God. Just so kind of oh, almost cartoon-like. And, and on top of that, she got her tooth fixed, right? That was the big, that was like the major strike against her. And she was like, finally acknowledged it. Like, she didn't even know about it before. Now she got it fixed. And uh, I mean, maybe Dennis should have just embraced the chaos instead of trying to get her to sign the papers. Who knows? She looked very beautiful in her wedding dress. Let's just give her that. But the way they also just the subtleness of like the 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 camera, a little sound as she like turns around and she's like under the spotlight and he gets that view of her, it just worked really well. And Dennis's reaction here is just you almost knew at this scene we were gonna get the Dennis climaxing face, right? Somewhere in this episode. It just it just felt that it, way. It, that's it? so and that's the thing is it's so good, but it might not even be the like it might only be top three Dennis reaction in this episode because uh yeah. well, we'll talk about more of that when we get to our, our five star men uh later on. Uh let's pick back up with Dennis when he rejoins Mac and Charlie at the wedding and says that they should find Liam and get his signature first. Charlie points out that everybody is acting weird and uses Pappy McPoyle, Charlie Guillermo Toro as an example. Then we cut back to the interrogation room where Charlie has an explanation for everything. Zombies. He's seen this before in a rat. Charlie then gives the detective a long monologue from Jaws before Dennis cuts him off, noting that it was not zombies. And then he proceeds to explain what happened. Stopping here, just to point out, Guillermo del Toro, pretty awesome, right? Uh, Definitely a director I always enjoy, and he is absolutely outstanding as Pappy McCoyle, just like he was when he showed up in, in a cameo in Barry. Not going to tell you one, so I'm not going to spoil it for you, but he also has an excellent cameo there. Uh, any thoughts on the cameo? Is he perfect for Pappy McCoyle? Who else could it be, like Bill Murray or somebody? Yeah, Bill Murray would be a really interesting one. Uh, Terry yeah, Gilliam, maybe, if you're going to go like more yeah. older director. To, like, Yeah, I could see that working. Um, but yeah, they, they nailed this here and they've done a really good job. I think by and large with these, with these cameos, but this is a, this is a really good one. Yeah. I mean, there's probably one tiny plot hole here. Like Dennis saw Liam outside. Why didn't he just get Liam to sign then? That That's probably a little bit of an oversight, whatever, but, uh, shout out the Jaws monologue, right? Just want to point it out. I think Charlie Day is really good here. And I've seen Jaws, you know, I would say a bunch of times in my life, but it's not a movie I could ever quote like that or whatever. However, you on Jaws, right? And it feels like that could be, even though it's not a, a traditional Halloween movie, there's definitely horror movie aspect to it, right? It, it feels like it's season appropriate. Bro, when when Jaws came out, it was scary. I mean, how many how many people today in their 30s and 40s are still scared of getting in the water? Going in the water like that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for real, bro. Like, 
That's yeah, why they used to sell little plastic of... fin joint. People could swim and like pretend to do the shark thing and weird people out. Oh my god, Jaws was I. I love, and we don't get a ton out of Charlie in this one, so this was a real highlight. We needed it big time with Charlie. Yeah, definitely right up there with the highlight of the episode for Charlie. So just wanted to uh, point that out and say, hey, watch Jaws. Maybe we'll do it sometime on regular dudes watch stuff. Who knows? Could be a fun one. Then we flash back to the wedding where Mac and Charlie are weirded out enough to leave, but Dennis stays behind. He's still got to get that signature. We then cut to Dee and Frank, who are with Liam, and they lead him to a room where Ryan is waiting. Dee and Frank leave them alone to figure things out, and then they encounter some zombie-like people in the hallway. That's enough for D, who takes off. Uh, I mean, they kind of really crank up the, the Halloween horror stuff here, right? You get the, I'm assuming it was a contortionist or whatever, walking across the hallway. That was pretty creepy, and I'm assuming practical for, if that was a digital effect with the top half taken off or something, that was really good. I'm assuming they got an actual contortionist for that one. Yeah, I mean, bro, did, did, does, would that surprise you at all at a, at a McCoyle wedding? I mean, that's seems absolutely par for the course. I enjoyed it. And again, it was the little things like those that sudden sound with the camera, to, you know, just to create that little bit of jolt uh, from a viewer standpoint. I thought they did a really good job with tying it in, reminding you that this is, in fact, a Halloween scary episode. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, this is where we get the thing we've talked about where Ryan comes in in the disguise with the mustache and Liam doesn't recognize it until he takes it off. Who's this guy? Ryan! We need to talk! That is so good, as is uh, Liam just branting about the McPoyle bloodline. That whole bit is awesome. Shout out Jimmy Simpson, who's obviously gone on to you know Westworld and uh, been in a bunch of other stuff since Sonny, but been back on Sonny as well. All of that was excellent, as was the, the random horror movie stuff. Guillermo del Toro, like, screaming about all the McPoyles springing from his loins and then kind of crying. You got, like, a dude randomly just walking into the wall, people foaming at the mouth. I thought they did a really good job of kind of really <laughs> setting up, you know, the whole atmosphere of it all. And Dennis is kind of yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Someone throws a chair at him, shakes foaming at the mouth, and he's like, yeah, I got to get the signatures. You know, at this point, too, you don't really know necessarily what's going on because you haven't heard D's side of it yet so it's just kind of cool how they how they work that in yeah they're leaving it in play a lot like uh when they did like the gang goes to hell kind of the same yeah. thing where you do this interrogation intro and then you do the flashback and then you know they're obviously we said spoiling everything they're in the insurance adjuster's office or whatever the cops instead of you know in, at the gates of heaven or whatever that you know it, it might have been here same kind of thing works Better here, I think, even than it did there. So, Back in the interrogation room, Frank says that that's the last time anybody saw Dee, but Charlie and Mac tell him that it isn't. They saw her outside, and they told her about the zombies and that someone must have stolen her new car. Dee then immediately attacks them. Dennis makes his way through the zombies, where Frank is still posted up outside of the room, where Ryan is talking Liam out of getting married. Frank bursts into the room, and after some initial misdirection, we see that Ryan is sobbing at Liam's feet. Liam intends to taint the bloodlines of the rest of the world with McPolio blood, which will help them take over the world. Long story short, the wedding is still on, and Liam signs Dennis's documents. Dude, how about the misdirect when they just walk in, and you see uh, they're obviously going, you know what they're going for when oh, they show it that way? Yeah. But they've always leaned into the weird relationship between Liam and Ryan, and, but I mean, that's peak. It's so good. I mean, it's just 
absolutely hysterical every time I watch it. I can't help but it, it really is. And 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 it a nice bit of tie-in here too, because earlier in the episode, D's like, Yeah, and then you guys can talk or bang or whatever it is that you want to do. <laughs> he, you know, so she she already throws it out, you know, that that they have some strange kind of uh relationship there and then we get we get this and it comes full circle so i thought that was really cool just how they mentioned it earlier in the episode and then boom and the the, the way this is shot it definitely looks but what i love about it is the eye contact that he makes right off the hey as it's happening <laughs> just, just all-time classic mccoyle stuff yeah it's kind of right up there with the gay too kind of like they they no, this is like this is what they believe, but kind of even seeing it would be shocking. And just again, Chad and I, great directing. Uh, Richie Keen, absolutely killing it here. And just Liam yelling like McPoyles will take over the world. I uh, just I loved all of that. And it's definitely a scene as far as the bit with the uh, Charlie and Mac, and then D. When you watch this, knowing that they they are actually the ones that stole D's car and wrecked it, it, it definitely adds a, a layer of humor to it. Yes. 100%. They really do love wrecking D's cars. Well, at this point, Frank has had enough, but Dennis still wants to get Marine to sign the papers. We go back to Charlie and Mac, who have managed to secure D inside of a walk-in freezer. Charlie hypothesizes that D sucking the Bat Boys out of Frank's head turned her into a zombie. After a lengthy debate about various horror movie genres and Batman, they decide that she must have bat rabies. They see another zombie, and they run off in fear, leaving D locked in the freezer shout out caitlin olsen just her physical comedy the way all the faces she is making in the door of that freezer i know that's why they specifically i'm assuming got a freezer with a door so she can make all of those faces and do that it's just outstanding right i mean she's so good at this she she really is i mean that that was it was the perfect usage and it added so much to this scene where it's like it just could you imagine if they just if it was just a solid silver and they just closed it and that was it right like we would be missing a lot so i'm really glad that we got that part of her she's that that portion of d reynolds is just when she's at her best in my opinion on the show yeah and i think this is top tier writing here because you get the usual charlie thing where he confuses things you know he's like well why would batman you know he's very confused about why batman turned out the way he is but then it comes into a whole thing about, you know, comic book movies winning awards now. But you have to remember, this is back around the time The Dark Knight came out. This is how far back that was. So it's kind of cool they're tying it in like this. And you can tell this is when it started getting them a little bit, that they couldn't get any kind of critical, or I shouldn't say critical acclaim, but awards acknowledgement. And so eventually that will turn into The Gang Desperately Tries to Win an Award, which is another one of my favorites. Back in the main room at the wedding, Frank, Mac, and Charlie are hiding behind a table plotting their escape. Dennis joins them, saying that he couldn't get her to sign, and things have gone terribly, terribly bad. He did something bad, something really, really bad. They make a break for it, just as all hell breaks loose. They make it out into the woods, which is where the police found them at the beginning of the episode. I don't think much here other than A, this is where Liam loses his eye. In this, so becomes the whole basis of uh, McPoyle versus Ponderosa, Trial of the Century in season 11, which we are covering uh, uh, very soon. So we actually get to see that here. So from here on out, Liam will always have the eye patch, which is is great. And uh, JBG, when you first saw this, I don't think 
you wouldn't believe Dennis actually killed Marine, right? Like, what bad thing do you think he did? Like, did you have any idea? Oh man, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, my my brain automatically went to they hooked up. That wasn't necessarily the surprise of this episode for me. But with Dennis, you never know. Could he have potentially accidentally killed her or hurt her? It is Dennis, bro. Like, maybe? I mean, he just wanted the skins, right? He just wanted the skins. Wanted the skins. I like the suspense of it. I couldn't figure it out. I thought maybe he killed somebody else or something like that, thinking it was Maureen. You know, I could kind of see them going a, a dark, you know, like, like a like through. a grandmother McPoyle. Somebody else, like something. someone else was trying on her dress or something like that when he went back and yeah. he, he thought that they were a zombie. You know what I mean? Kind of a way to play it off or something like that. I I can see it happening for what it's worth. And uh, you know, just shout out again the show. They really did, you know, spend a couple bucks here with all the zombie extras and the makeup running around. It's not full, you know, walking dead, but I think they did a good job with it. Totally agree. Well, they, and and you kind of see it kind of throughout some of the flashbacks and stuff, just kind of this chaotic place where people are just walking all over the place and banging into walls and stuff like that. I, you know, I, I, I thought they did a good job of making it seem something's obviously going on. Right. So I, I like that. It adds to the suspense of what the hell did happen. And we haven't, maybe we haven't said it enough, but shout out to the interrogator. He's just awesome throughout this whole thing. The, the police officer is just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the detectives, we're kind of back there in the police station. The detectives do not believe the story that the gang is putting down here. And another officer brings Dee into the interrogation room. Dee looks very frozen, and she explains that nobody was infected with anything, and she tells them her side of the story. After splitting up with Frank, she encountered Pondy and learned that he spiked the milk with bath salts. That's like coke, acid, and meth combined. It's awesome. Uh, dude, I just want to point out, liking oh, people's drinks is very, very bad, yet Pondy, very, very awesome. It's a contradiction we're just going to have to live with, right? Yes, <laughs> we are. But I mean, dude, is this, I don't know, man. Every time I get an episode with great Pondy, it just makes me realize how much I miss Pondy on the last couple of seasons here. I know he's doing the young Sheldon thing or whatever, but like, damn, dude. Bring Pondy back, bro. Like that's he's so you gotta have him, man. It's yeah. I mean, God forbid we get Pondy and the lawyer in the same episode. I think the universe would like implode. Maybe would so be there for that. And I just loved a little bit when he rolls up to D and he's just like, "D's nuts." <laughs> What's the half say? Here, have a sip. Read from the cow's titty. You love him. I, I'm just going to he definitely does. roll up to more people and be like, "Yo, what's the haps?" Uh, I'm bringing it back. It's been a while now. This is like 15 years ago, this episode almost, man. Like, I, I can bring back What's the Haps. It's almost, uh, you know, nostalgic at this point. Yeah. What's the Haps? I love it. I'm there for it. Um, and I love, you kind of notice throughout the episode, every time he interacts with D, he's got a cute little nickname for her. D's Nuts is probably my favorite one that he uses, but he's got a bunch, every time he sees her, he's got something new for her. So that's pretty Yeah, cool. he's got a lot of little pet names and, uh, just sound out. Let's see if I can nail it. Uh, methylene dioxyprovolone. That's a uh, funny nails it though. I bet you that took a couple takes. I, I spiked the milk with methylene dioxyprovolone. What? It's bath salts. Yeah. I, I I wonder how many it took. Okay, so we sit here and it's 2023. You got to remember when they filmed this, 
bath salts were a thing sweeping this nation where people were doing them. Remember there was people like eating people in Florida and stuff on bath salts. It was definitely a, a thing. I, I think was it was happening. more of a, I think it was like 90% bluster and like 10% actually a thing, but like it was like somebody did it at some point. Like yeah. eating Tide Pods. It was, it was, it was like, in the news. I don't it think was everyone irrelevant... was really doing it, but somebody did it and then everyone else pretended they did. It, it was a relevant topic though i guess is what i'm getting at oh super relevant yeah this is uh so you you watch back now and you're like wow i haven't like bath salts like that's man we haven't you know heard heard that in a long time but it was very relevant when when they felt don't do bath salts and i'm assuming since we haven't heard never do bath salts not that good so yeah stay away don't stay away please full full allison chains there full stay away back in the interrogation room everybody agrees that bath salts seem like a logical explanation I mean, that's why D assaulted Mac and Charlie, right? Nope. It turns out that D made it outside just in time to see Mac and Charlie crash her new car. Another one of her cars destroyed by the gang. That's why she immediately assaulted them. And I, I just love as she's like, you sons of, you know, it's a snaps back to the interrogation room. And she's like, you sons of, you're going to pay. And then they, they holler out and the guys are like, yeah, she's like right. kicking. They have her all in all that makeup and the way she's just resisting yeah. so hard and everything. It's just so great. And, and, and again, Richard Keen, the, the cut here, because they cut right from D like attacking them to like doing the same arm flailing motion in the interrogation right. room. The cops are hauling it off. That's her hauling her out. Yeah, but I but honestly, I just love Charlie here with yeah, no, we won't pay. <laughs> Never do. <laughs> well, that's just so a little great. better. They got a little better with it there. Yeah. yeah. I'm amazing. there for it. Just stay off the Facebook, but you know, if you got a medic again. D obviously is pissed at them, and the officers remove her from the room as she vows revenge. Dennis tells the detectives that everything has been explained, so he gets up to leave. The detectives stop him, noting that nobody has explained the missing bride yet. Dennis was the last one to see her, so he's the number one suspect. With no other options remaining, Dennis has to tell his story. He found Maureen, but instead of getting her to sign the papers, he had sex with her. The detective doesn't buy it, but somebody enters the room and whispers in his ear. He tells Dennis that he's free to go. Someone posted his bail. Maureen enters the room, and the episode ends with Dennis begging for help. I, I mean, kind of nice Halloween-y twist, right? Dennis is going to be subjected to this torture of his own making. Now, theoretically, he's back with Maureen and Yosar Alimony still. Is that not the worst of both worlds? Uh, did you like the ending? I did, because I think that's the ultimate scariest moment. There was a lot of scary moments throughout this episode, but that's the real nightmare here, is now he has to live it with her cat sweater and everything that she was wearing. I just, I love that. And then they kind of end with him. You know, I just I thought that was fantastic with him just kind of like begging for help. I, I I think it works, dude. Just given how the episode played itself out, I, I'm a big fan of this ending, man. I mean, I, I just to me it works perfectly. I thought it was really well done. I, it's hard for me to really nitpick this one, man. I, I just I, I don't I can't think of a better ending. I mean, really. I mean, I'm there for you. This is where we get the Dennis O face. And he has like a midget, uh, like just like immediate PNC, not talking about the the bank. Where as soon as like he, you know, kind of comes to, he's like, "Yo, no, you got to sign these papers. What am I doing? Like, who? Like the nipple placement is crazy. I, I, if somebody tells you that, it's either a very good thing or a very bad thing. 
And then just a little bit at the end where he's like, oh, I'm going to run away with not with you. And Marine's like, I'm going to find you. That definitely got some, uh, I think Isla Fisher did almost that same thing in Wedding Crashers, but it works really well here. I, I just love that. As soon as he's done, he's like, that was terrible. And she's she's just, you know, it's great. It's exact opposite. Dennis is just sweating bullets and she is cool as a cucumber. Oh man, nice I, I just punch. love it, dude. Is he? Is he? Is she whispers the "I love you" into his ear, like, and that's his. That's that's his very, very bad thing. And then he he gets to live that as a reality. So, yeah, great stuff here, man. Um, before we kick off the award tour, let's see what other people thought about this episode. Uh, over on IMDb, the Marine Ponderosa Wedding Massacre is rated eight point seven. That actually puts it in a tie for 39th overall out of 169 total episodes of Sunny. So that puts it in the top 25% of episodes. You know, for me, Mills, I think that's probably the right place for it, dude. I might even go a smidge higher here. I think this one, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bullish on this one, man. After after rewatching this uh, a couple times to to do this podcast, I think this episode, like, it's hard for me to find something that I don't like about this episode. So I, I think I think that's probably the right spot up for it. But I might even bump it up a little bit further. What about you? I think I am in the same boat as you. I would say more top 20% or maybe you even get into like top 25 overall kind of I don't think it's in the top 10% you know that would be the top 15 basically but I think it's in you know definitely in the mix for somewhere in between 15 and 30 depending on how I'm feeling you know because I think a lot of those episodes are so good it just depends on which one you've seen last or did something happen in your life or you saw something that made that one resonate with you a little bit more but yeah, especially around Halloween time watching this, it feels like there's no reason this couldn't be like a 9.0, which would put it right up there in like that, you know, top 20-ish range. And so, I, yeah, I think it's certainly fair, but it could be a little higher with you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, we're always looking to get people, uh, new people who haven't enjoyed Sunny into Sunny. And it's a Halloween season, so I don't know. Maybe this would make a good episode to show somebody who's never seen the show. What do you think, Mills? Would this be a good kind of gateway episode here to show a, a sunny virgin? I want to say yes because of the genre stuff, the music and everything. But honestly, so much of this is dependent on knowing who these characters are, especially the supporting characters. It would be really tough to come in cold to this one, I think. My guess is people would be like, oh, that was fun. But they would just remember it as a Halloween thing and not like they might remember the McPoyles more than any of our main characters from the game, except maybe Dennis. So I'd say probably not, although I, I think it would be harmless, right? Like if you showed this to someone, even if they didn't love it or remember watch, I think they'd be willing to watch another one still. I don't think it would kill it, but I think there are probably a lot of better gateway episodes. How about yourself? There with you, because if you don't understand some of the background of the McPoyles specifically, or the the Marine Ponderosa Dennis background, it's not going to hit as hard as it should. And so I, I think that that's probably the biggest thing. The other thing is I don't know that you get enough Charlie in this one to, to show somebody. So I think I'm in the same ballpark as you. Yeah, totally agree. It's just not as much of the gang. And look at all the jokes that you need to know to pay off, like Charlie not wanting to leave Philly, them destroying D's cars. You know, there's a bunch of kind of runners like that that keep going here, which are great for us, but they wouldn't pay off nearly as much for someone who hadn't seen any episodes. 
And totally. one of the things uh, we really enjoy doing with Sunny episodes is trying to come up with alternate episode titles. I am not going to lie. The Marine Ponderosa Wedding Massacre is perfectly on brand for the show for Halloween. But I, I think we have to try. So let's see if we can do anything else. Uh, Jamie G, I give you the Dennis Reynolds divorce debacle. Is that any good? Ooh, I, boy, that's a that's a great one, uh, Mills. Five D, the triple D, the triple D. So it also fits with the triple D. You know, you're hard pressed to get a better episode title than what they did here. But that's pretty pretty good. Um, I, I kind of like D sucks the poison. Uh, I just th- there's something about if, if he swallows the poison, poison would be better. Let me go with D swallows the poison. D swallows the poison. That's that's good too because you know it's poison. It's scary. It's Halloween. I think it still fits with the Halloween vibe. Um, I, I, I can I can get on board with something like that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to keep it Halloween, I like something like Midnight McPoyles. That sounds kind of Ooh, uh, like nice alliteration. Uh, yeah, the McPoyles protect the bloodline. I like that too. That sounds kind of fun. Uh, you know, if you want to keep it kind of with the traditional, the way they do the titles, D buys a PT Cruiser, I think would at least be <laughs> somewhat uh, interesting on that. Or uh, Dennis versus Nipple Placement. I, I think you would have to be at least like kind of <laughs> intrigued. And uh, if you just wanted to uh, shout out Lauren Hill, how about uh, the zombification of William P? Like that. Shout out William P. That's my man. Um, Pondy gets blitzed is always a fun one too. We could, you know, just for just for yeah, just for so like Pondy spikes the plunge, spikes the punch, spikes the milk. Uh, like Ponderosa, I like how Frank calls him Ponderosa sometimes instead of Pondy here because he's not quite full Pondy yet. Yes. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't emerged as full Pondy yet. Um, yeah, he's not know, into his final. He's not hanging out at the roller rink yet. Not yet. Not yet, but those days, those days... They but he is kinda, looking for Strange, so he's on his way. He is. If you're here in the tribe, that means it's time to kick off the award tour. First stop is our favorite quote from the Marine Ponderosa Wedding Massacre. Mills, I, I'm just, I can't, there's, it was going to be Dennis always, but I got to go with when he first sees her enhancements. absolutely hilarious <laughs> i just i gotta i gotta go there jamie to be fair she never made it clear to dennis that she was willing to change physically she should have been more clear with that so she should have been more clear th- with th- that might be on her i, I mean you really want to know that oh man see you didn't go with a pondy quote so that kind of makes me want to go to a pondy quote but man it you know what we're doing the pondy quote screw it so uh Let's go with my favorite quote being when Pondy tells D about the bath salts. That may be top 10 Pondy quote ever. Uh, that's way up there. Way it's up awesome. There. Yeah, it definitely is. Next up is our favorite moment or scene from the Marine Ponderosa Wedding Massacre. Mills, you take this one first. 
Oh, uh, you know what? I just have to go with the back to the Dennis PNC. I think there, he, like, there's immediate like just post sex. As soon as you get Dennis's old face, he's like, "Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? You need to sign these papers. We need to get out of here." And he's just sweating bullets, and it's just it, absolute top tier, Dennis. Uh, you know, honorable mention. Just the the physical comedy of. Mac and Charlie crashing these PT cruiser into a tree in the dark. They're just great job. They make it look really blow up. They get out. They're all like Charlie's puking. That's all really fun. But I, I think I have to go with uh, Dennis Reynolds post sex regret. How about yourself? Oh man, that's that is a fantastic one. It's like you, you start juggling. I think I'm gonna actually go with this the the scene with Pondy and and Frank when he's you know when he's first trying to. You know, weddings are a trigger for him, man. He needs a sponsor. That whole scene's just pure gold to me. You're my sponsor, Frank. Come on, I, my support system. Give oh, me some. Right, right, right. Of course. So do whatever you feel is best. Well, I feel it would be best if I pounded a beer. I'll support that decision. I wish I could. I mean, it's a dry wedding, for God's sake. They're serving milk. I feel like maybe I should do some drugs then, you know? Is that bad? You earned it. You do whatever you feel like. You're a good person. I, I, I got to go there with it. Shout out, Pondy, man. Miss you, Pondy. Yeah, I mean, I would go to Beirut and do a show there with that. I, I would literally, if you just gave me the Pondy and Frank Chronicles, oh, that's a I'd yeah, that's ever, a side show. So I would watch in a heartbeat. Even if it was yeah. animated or something, I'll take whatever we can get. Oh yes, we would. Now it is time for one of my favorite parts of doing this: our five star man or woman. This is where we determine our episode MVP by ranking the characters from one to five stars. One star is at the bottom, and our five-star man or woman is our MVP. Mills, get out your phone and start handing out some ratings. Yeah, I mean, you got to hand out these stars, right? Uh, at the bottom, number one, I'm going to go with Charlie. Did not have a ton to do in this episode. Wish there was more, but he's got the great monologue, him crashing the car, the Batman conversation. That all works. Two-star, give me Frank. I like the scene at Patty's where they're scheming with Ryan. The the whole bit, like you said, your favorite moment where he's Pondy doing the sponsor thing. They're sucking out the poison out of his head. Just kind of him in general, just, you know, doing his Frank thing, bouncing back and forth from, uh, you know, scene to scene, from crash to crash. Love it. Uh, three, three star, did Pondy. Why? Because he's Pondy. You're only lucky I didn't make him higher. I just can't make Pondy five star every time. You know, he's still working up to being, you know, the fully realized Pondy here. Uh, Four-star man, not quite five-star, but I am going Dennis. I think this is a very fantastic Dennis Reynolds episode. It's awesome. It's way up there. The only reason he is not the golden god, my five-star man, is because I got to give it up for the brothers McPoyle as my five-star men. Ryan and Liam, they're a pair, right? You see here, you can't break them apart. They are a pair. They come in the box together. You cannot open it. They are not worth as much. If you separate them, you bring them together. They're going to taint the bloodline in the entire world. And you know what? I believe they can do it. Jamie G, who are your five-star people? Love it. Love it. Well, my one star is going to be Frank. Frank, I love you. You did great in this episode. Uh, he, he was hilarious, dude, from the, like you said, the sucking the poison, you know, just, he, the fact that he paid $200 to ever suck the poison out of it. I just, that just so funny to me, his scenes with Pondy, his scheming behind the scenes, 
Uh, he was just fantastic. One star going to Frank. That's not a down thing. This is just a heater of an episode. So all these people are great. Two star, I got to give it up for D. I just thought she really, she kind of, in a way, carried this episode a little bit. And she came in so clutch. Her, her physical comedy was incredible. And just the way we kind of get the final story here with her at the end bumps her up. Three, I have got the McPoyle brothers. I, they're, look, they're they're hilarious together. You you made the point. You can't separate the two. That's enough said. They're just great. Shout out Pappy, though. I almost put Pappy in this ranking. If he had one more scene, maybe if we saw the bird under his head, something, he could have been in here. But he was close. Pappy, he was close. Four, I have got... Dennis, Dennis, you are the man in this episode. This is a great Dennis episode for people who like Dennis or people who are like, I don't know if Dennis is that great. Oh, he is. Watch this one. But number five, in a surprise move, Magna Mills, in a very surprise move here, I'm putting Maureen Ponderosa as my five-star woman. Why? She made the enhancements. She fixed the tooth. She did not marry McCoyle, and she got her man back. Dennis Reynolds. She wins. I got to give it to Maureen. Wow, he goes with the Ponderosa, but not the one we had anticipated. I had legitimately already written Pondy down on the paper in my notes. Like, oh, Jamie G is a, he's going Pondy or some Pondy not appearing in the top five. He doesn't get any stars. Zero stars for Pondy. Oh, dude. He's gonna hear about this. We're gonna we're gonna get it. I know, Pondy. I love you. Jamie G's got zero stars for you in an episode where you're giving handing out bath salts like it was. You know, you're giving out bags of air and you're going to hell. I know. I I love you, Pondy. It was it was tough tough sledding here, man. But I absolutely love you. Uh, it, it tough. If there was a six star, you know, maybe I'd give it to Pondy, but uh, or he, my zero star, you know, whatever. Thirteenth apostle, whatever. I, we get it, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that's a tough exercise. Let us know who your top five. Let us know your MVP and your five-star man. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up. You can find us at Nightpod Cometh. The final stop on our award tour isn't Dave and Buster's. Of course, it isn't. We don't have power cards. We have Patty's Box. It is time to give a grade to the Maureen Ponderosa Wedding Massacre. And we, we each grade the episode on a scale of zero to 100 patty bucks. I'm up first here, Magnum Mills. I got to tell you, brother, I'm hard-pressed to not go really big on this one, and so I'm going to go really big on this one. I am going to give it 96 patty bucks. This is a fantastic episode. I love it. There's not much about it that I can nitpick. It's great. It's all that. Give me 96 patties bucks, and let's stimulate this local economy. You know what? I am I'm there for, you know, whatever. We're going to uh, do what you should do. We're going to lower the tax rates and we're going to do stimulus. Not how you should create your economy. But in this case, I am going to give it 93 patties bucks. Uh, you talked me up a touch. I was at 92. Your enthusiasm sold me. I do really love this one. You know, I think it could be in the argument for your top, you know, 20 ish, maybe even 15 ish episodes. Uh, I think we're a little bit biased because it's closer to Halloween. But I completely enjoy it. So, you know, what the hell, right? We're just going to spend these bucks at patties. We're going to go back outside, hang out in our RVs, and they're going to redistribute the dollars to us anyways because that's how this works, right? That's exactly how it works. I mean, it's economics. It's how money flows. Cash flow. Right. We're following uh, your plan, so. 
yeah, that's 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 how it is. I guess that's it, dude. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Otherwise, uh, maybe try to finish up season eleven. Yeah, I think we should absolutely try to finish season eleven uh, right here on the Night Pod coming. We've 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 saved a couple of the good ones of season eleven, which is filled with bangers for the end here. What do we got next coming up on the docket? Uh, straight fire. Now that we've done this. We've already done the other things we need to do to do Frank Balls out the window. Then it will be uh, McPoyle versus Ponderosa, trial of the century. And then finally, Mac and Dennis move to the suburbs. And then it will be on to more sunny. But we've been literally trying to finish these 11 for almost a calendar year, if not more. We're going to do it, I promise. And it's going to be spectacular. Just don't ask us why Charlie and Frank are wearing those Russian hats. We don't know. We never find out. Not even Frank versus Russia. You don't. Uh, and and they're still looking for the Russian and uh, the the pine, pine bluffs, the woods there. So yeah, the pine barrens. Uh, yeah, we have not a the pine you barrens. Know, all you got to know is you know when you go to his house, make sure you put the remote on the docking station. Yeah, man, interior decorator. House yeah, I mean, the place yeah. looks like shit, dude. <laughs> oh man. Shout out to Sopranos. Yeah, that's that's a uh, you know it's Jersey. It's almost Philly. It's 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 just most normal. of Jersey is just a part of Philly, anyways. Everyone knows that. Well, I'm pumped up to do more night pod cometh and man, maybe to get to see our buddy Pondy back in the scene. Thank you for becoming our buddy by checking out the night pod cometh. We love doing these throwback episodes, and we love to hear from other Sunny fans. If you got something in particular, an episode that you'd like us to, to talk about, hit us up, man. We will absolutely do it. Give us a reason to watch a great episode. Maybe we're sleeping on one. Maybe there's one that we need to go back to. Let us know in the comments section of this YouTube video or on our social media. We're at Night Pod Cometh. Mills, you'll fill in the additional details, won't you, pal? Uh, you did a pretty good job of that, man. What was that joint you used to have to fill in that? Uh, what, not choose your own adventure. What was it? The... Uh... Categories, or I don't know what was the joint where you like ad libs, uh, yeah, mad libs, right? Mad libs, mad libs, mad libs, dude. So, uh, mad libs, yeah, thank you for checking out the night pod cometh, the mad libs of it's always sunny in Philadelphia coverage. Seriously, thank you, we appreciate it. Find us wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, on social media at night pod cometh. Do not forget those flaps, follow, like, and please subscribe. It's all we ask if you had fun. Give us that thumb. Helps us out a lot. Helps other people find our show. And it helps expand the community of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fans. And that's what you want, right? You want more people to watch Sunny and talk about it because it's awesome. And it will be until the end of time, or at least until the Nightman comes. Thank you for checking out the Nightman cometh. <laughs> Thank you for checking out the Night Pod cometh. I'm Magna Mills. He's Jamie G. And it's awesome that you're fighting for the Night Pod cometh. Whoa! Oh, 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 oh.